Hey everyone, how are you? It's Shane Clifford here, and this is Ireland's number one podcast, the number one podcast in the nation, Shane's brilliant podcast. I am the Larry Rogan of Irish podcasting uh, techno- uh, fucking community. I'm like a mix of Larry Gogan mixed. If Larry Gogan and Joe Rogan mated, all right? It would probably take, listen, it would probably take just a minute for it to do, for it to happen. But if they did, their progeny would be me. Progeny is a fancy word for a fucking child. It's a, I read it in Moby Dick, which is a book. I'll talk about that later. Who, who wants to hear about Moby Dick right now? But anyway, how are you all doing? I hope you're well. I hope you're alive and uh, you're not, you know, dying from some sort of fucking disease. That's been hanging around there. And I hope that you, if you are, if you do have a viral disease, I hope it's the Omicron, which is the mild one, which is the one I got because it's not too bad. Like when I got it, I didn't lose my taste buds or anything. I was still munching down purple snacks like there's no tomorrow. Literally no tomorrow. You know, in those um, like end of the world movies, And there's always a scene where it's like a a teenage boy and he's uh, in the back of a a car with the high school fucking, you know, queen. What do they call that shit in the prom? The queen, the high school homecoming queen. And he's in the back of the car and he's like, hey, babe, you know, the comet's going to hit us tomorrow. Oh, you know. Why don't we? And what he's in, what he wants, what he's insinuating is that he wants to make love. All right. He wants to make love to the lady because they're going to die tomorrow. But if it was in my case, if there was a big, massive, giant comet coming and I was like in the back of a car with the high school sweetheart, you know, I'd say, hey, hey, there's a big comet coming tomorrow. You know, you know what I mean? Why don't we uh, why don't we eat these 16 packets of purple snacks that I brought? <laughs> That's what, what that was what would happen in my life. I would fucking like I gorge on biscuits when there's no stress in my life. So if there is the end of the you know if there's a comet coming or if there's a zombie apocalypse, man, I'm munching in I'm sticking my fucking face into those toffee pops. And I've been doing that recently. I've hit a bit of a slump. I've been slumping all over the place the last few days, the last week. Um, and I'm gone fucking, I'm gone crazy on biscuits again. I got a biscuit problem. You all know this. I'm like a broken record here. I'm, I've got a biscuit issue. I've got issues with biscuits. Biscuits are my, they're like my crack cocaine. All right. Uh, except they don't, you know, cause, well, they do cause my teeth to fall out, but in a, in a less drastic way. But I am fucking hell, like, <sighs> I had to get Kira the last day to hide somewhere in the house. I had to get her to... This is this is a pathetic... This isn't even funny. I had to get her to hide. There was a half packet of digestive biscuits. Little digestive biscuits. Great digestive biscuit, by the way. They're only like 40 cent or 70 cent or something. But I did. I say, fucking put them away from me. Put them away from me. I don't want to see them. If I see them, I'll eat them. And I don't want to eat them. <laughs> I don't want to have to eat them. I'm like, Joan, sometimes in movies you see a mafia guy going, if I see you, and listen, I don't want to kill you. But if I see you, I'm going to have to kill you. It's going to break my heart. 
So get out of here. I don't want to see you around here. If I have, if I have to kill you, it's going to break my heart. I don't want to have to do it, but I, ha- I will kill you. That's me with biscuits. If I see the cunts, I'm going to eat them. So I told Kara, I said, get those biscuits away. And I said, don't even just fucking hide them somewhere, please. <laughs> hide them. And she did. She hid them. And she went to work, man. I fucking checked everywhere for them. And listen, don't get me fucking started on the toffee pops. <sighs> These are my new fucking things. I said it to you last week. Toffee pop biscuits, right? They're the most beautiful biscuits in the world. Let's fucking face it. They're one of the top ten, top five biscuits in the world. And I've been getting ads for them on my phone for fucking toffee pops. No one. I'm, they make an ad specifically for one man. Because no one's ever seen an ad for Toffee Pops in their life. And they're making an ad for one specific person. And that person is me. I'm opening up my phone. I'm seeing Toffee Pops. Targeted ads. I I was like, fuck it. That's that's terrible. That's bullshit. I'm telling you, man. It's worked. Because I'm out there. I'm, I'm, I'm buying Toffee Pops without even thinking about it. Subliminal fucking advertising. Like I go to the shop. To buy Georgie some cat litter. Alright. And I go. First of all. Can I ask you a question. Before I get into the whole. Thing I was just going to talk about. Right. So the other day. I was in the bathroom. And I was. I was making a stool. Let's just call it what it is. I was doing a number two. Alright. I was taking a shit. And I was sitting there. On the toilet. And in walks Georgie. The cat. And her litter box is in the bathroom because we like to keep all the bad smells in one room you know what I mean makes sense so Georgie comes in and she sits in her litter and she also decides to take a number two all right so we're both going at the same time very touching moment you know (laughs) it brought a tear to my eye me and Georgie both you know joining together close to each other and doing what it is that we need to do. But I was wondering, do you ever think that maybe she's looking at me sitting on this big porcelain bowl, all right, with water in it, doing what, you know, uh, 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 doing a, a poo, right? A shit. That's who I, what am I, four? Am I a four-year-old child? What happened there? All right, I was taking a shit. Do you think she is looking at me going, why doesn't he just go in a fucking box of sand like a normal person? <laughs> you think? She's going, why is he sitting on that fucking thing? Why doesn't he just sit? Why doesn't he come in here and do it in here? And you know what? Maybe I will. Maybe I will someday. <laughs> just to see what it's like. And I'd be like, oh, you know what? She has a point. <laughs> All right, okay, that's the end of that talk. Come on now, let's get serious here. But I was reading about, um, I was watching, I was talking about there about su- subliminal advertising, right? And you know, I, I take it you know what it is. That's where they, um, you'd be watching a film, it's banned now. But the idea was that if they showed you something really fast, that it would implant it in your mind, subconscious. So you'd be watching a, the Coronation Street, right? From the 60s. Ken Barlow would be there. And some other old bastards. And you'd be watching them. Doing their stuff. Sitting around the table. Eating bread. Isn't that what they do at Coronation Street? 
And all of a sudden, there'd be one frame would pop up with a picture of Coke, Coca-Cola. And then you wouldn't even see it. It wouldn't even register with your brain. They would just flash like that. And you'd go, you know, I'm fucking, I'm desperately dying for, I don't know why you're Scottish all of a sudden, but you'd be like, I'm fucking desperately dying for an old Coca-Cola. All right. So it would implant it in your subconscious. You wouldn't even realize it. And they had to ban it because cunts were, you know, you could use it to say, like, kill the president. And the BTK killer, I was watching a thing about him, right? And he was a stupid fucking serial killer in the 60s and 70s in um, Kansas. And he was uh, talking to the press. They put on a television show about him, right? When he was still killing. And they knew he'd be watching it. So they put a subliminal uh, message in it saying, turn yourself in. <laughs> and it didn't work. But you might think if he, imagine he just went, oh, you know what? I feel like turning myself in. But that's what they thought. It didn't work. The BTK killer didn't turn himself in. But then, do you know how he, that motherfucker got caught? One of the most stupid fucking ways you could ever. If you're a serial killer, man, don't ever do this. Okay? This is my tip for you. If you're out there, you're a serial murderer. A sequence killer. Do not do this. This is what he did. He well, he was talking to the cops through the press, sending them letters, taunting them. All right. This is in like the late 90s, early 2000s, taunting them, saying, hey, who do you think you are? I'm the BTK killer. <laughs> and then he says, hey, it would be easier for me if I could send you in floppy disks. It would just make things better. And he says, they said, all right. And he said, but come here, tell me this. If I send you in a floppy disk, there's no way you can track me, is there? And they said, no, of course not. Why do you fucking, we wouldn't do that to you. (laughs) We're the FBI, man. We wouldn't fucking, what? Go behind your back and try and lie to you and tell you we, we wouldn't do that. No, send it in. There's no way we can track you. So anyway, he sends them fucking floppy disks with, I don't know, his letters or some shit on it. So, of course, what did they do? They did analysis on it and had his name in it. And that's how they caught him. He said to the guards, Hey, promise me now you won't fucking try and... <laughs> and you, there's no way you can fucking find out who sent you this. And they went, No! Nah! And the cunts had their fingers crossed behind their backs. <laughs> so if you're a serial killer out there, don't want to send floppy disks to the FBI. Um, but what was I fucking talking about, man? Oh, biscuits. But listen, when I eat a lot of biscuits, it's a sign that I am in a slump. And I realize that now. And I have been in a mental slump for the last week or so, a bit down. And when I, I noticed that I'm been spending a lot of time on Twitter and eating a lot of shit and just kind of sitting around. And that's a sign for me. And I'm like, all right, okay, I better fucking just start going outside. And I'll tell you, when you're in this form and you're eating the biscuits and the fucking Mars bars and you're on Twitter 10 hours a day and then you realize, oh, shit, I better go and start getting exercise and putting away my phone. Oh, it's a pain in the arse, man. <laughs> it really is a pain in the absolute hole when you have to go out 
Because I'd be fucking happy being miserable. <laughs> I would be. Listen, I'm happy being miserable. If I, but the fact that I have to go outside and walk around and fucking be sociable—that to me, when you're in this kind of form, that is so fucking hard to have to do that. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to sit in here. Do you know what I want to do? Take to the bed. If you don't, if you haven't, if you don't know what that is, taken to the bed is an old Irish euphemism that we used to use when we didn't talk about things like mental health. Where's Mary O'Connor? Oh, she's after taken to the bed. All right, okay. <laughs> it means that she's can't fucking function. She's up in bed with a big packet of toffee pops, but we couldn't say that in Irish Irish society, so we said she took to the bed, and that's. I would love, I'll tell you, in the form I'm in now the last few days, I would absolutely love to take to the bed for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I would love it, man. It'd be nothing better if I, and just fucking say, f- lie in there with my fingers up, just fucking going, fuck all of you. Not to you, the listener, not you. I mean, just the world in general. And especially at this time of year, January. Oh, what a horrible time. Nothing happening. Nobody's happy. Everyone's broke. Everybody is fucking get a, a disease. You know what I mean? And this disease has been going on for two years now. And it's just, come on. And I have the January blues, I suppose. I wake up in the morning and get the January blues. You know those old blues singers? How come they all were blind? You know, that's just something that I've never had answered. You know, blind Lemon Jefferson, blind Willie McTell, blind Timmy O'Connor. Why were they all blind? It's something, it's, if I was a blues singer, considering my eyesight, I'd probably be called seeing Shane Clifford. <laughs> seeing Shane Clifford. I woke up this morning and got out of bed. I looked out my window with the eyes in my head. My eyes... I can see the my life's not too bad actually. I suppose you had to be miserable to be a good blues singer. And that's why there wasn't any good white blues singers back then because compared to black people's lives back then, you know, all the shit they had to put up with, you know, I mean, you could have the worst life as a white guy in America and it was still probably a hundred times better than the average black person's life. Um, so that's why they sang the blues. And we, as white people, sang the songs like, Here I am, Lord, it is I. You know that song? I'll tell you this. The Catholic, the Catholic Church has a lot of blood on its hands. It's got, let's go all the ways back to, like, you know, the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. You know, murdering and uh, all the treatment of women over the last 2,000 years has been absolutely horrendous. The attitude towards children and the abuse and all that stuff on a monumental industrial fucking scale. But aside from all that, fucking some great tunes. Here I am, Lord. What a fucking banger, man. When I hear, if I'm walking past, like I don't believe in God or the Jesus or any of that as, you know, uh, supernatural beings. But if I'm walking past the fucking church, I hear, here I am, Lord. I'm right in there, boy, and I'm banging a tambourine. What a song. Um, 
and you kind of feel jealous of, you know, those Baptist churches and stuff in the southern states of America, because they're all singing all day fucking long in their churches, and it's fucking looks amazing. I remember going to mass. Remember it. Remember how fucking boring it was. And it was only 45 minutes. But it used to feel like 15 hours. The priest will be drawn in on like this about the blood of Christ and the lamb of Jesus and the slaughter of the innocents. You're going, fucking shut up. But when they used to come on then with a song going, Here I am, Lord. It is I, Lord. That's when you knew, you know, for those few minutes, things were good. You were into it, man. You were banging out the hits. Um, Whereas in the Baptist churches or whatever, you know, the southern, like, black churches, it's fucking songs the whole time. No one, I'd be go, I'd be a believer. Why don't they make it all songs over here? You know? Um, did I ever tell you about the time I found Jesus? I wasn't, I didn't find him behind the couch or anything. We weren't playing hide and seek. Found you, that'd be good. Playing hide and seek with Jesus. Uh, that fucker could just fucking, he'd be, a, Joan, he was like 12 and stuff, right? You think he was playing hide and seek in the schoolyard and people were going, ah, he's behind the couch and they're going to check it. And then he was just making stuff disappear. Must have been the balls to play with him. But then you could go, ah, your mom's a virgin. <laughs> and your dad too. No one ever says that. Joseph was probably, must have been a virgin too. Huh? He was the virgin father. <laughs> no wonder fucking Jesus had such a hard time. You know, he was on the cross there going, why hast thou forsaken me? And why did you make my parents virgins? <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Um, What was I talking about there? Oh, the time I found Jesus, I was living in a flat in Tralee with a girl. And this is when I was like 19. I moved out because my family life at the time weren't so great. There was a whole lot of sh- horrible shit going on, right? So I got out too early, 18, 19, you know. And I moved in with my girlfriend, who was also the same age as me, which is stupid. You can't move in with a fucking girl when you're 18. All you teenagers that are listening to this, I know this is a big podcast in uh, the, um, what do they call that generation? Where are the millennials? What's the one underneath? The TikTok ones. What are they called? Oh, fuck. Gen X. No, that's the one. Gen Y? Gen Z. Um, if you, I know this is a big in the Gen Z demographic, this podcast. They love it, man. Can't stop fucking talking about it. It's on the front of Smash Hits magazine. Picture of me and uh, H from Steps. But if you're a teenager listening to this, don't fucking move out when you're 18, right? Unless you have to. Unless you have a horrible family life and things have come to a head. But move in with a friend. Don't move in with a girl. (laughs) You're not ready. Listen, you're never going to be ready. That's the secret of life. You, where you could be married for 60 years, you're still not fucking ready, man. <laughs> None of you are ready. All right. You're, st- but when you're 18, you're definitely not ready. But anyway, so I was, it was kind of a stressful time in my life. Horrible time, actually. 
this was way back when I was heavily non-medicated, right? And I remember my girlfriend, had, uh, she was at work or something, right? So I was at home making the dinner. The only thing that I could make, the only thing that I could make well was steak. Because steak is simple to make, especially all you do is fucking fry it for, I don't know, five minutes. And throw a bit of salt in it and some chips, right? That's all I used to eat. Steak. No. <laughs> That's such a fucking... Woo, what a complaint. Ah, oh, man, I'll tell you. That was a fucking hard time in my life when I was 18. Fucking... Oh, tell you, you know what I was eating every day, man? Fucking steaks. <laughs> you think you had a hard time, man? I was out eating... All I could eat while I was eating was steak. <laughs> All right, okay, so that makes that's a stupid thing to complain about. Oh, man, I was eating steaks every day. It was horrible. But it was cheap fucking Tesco steaks for three euro. All right? Uh, it wasn't like fucking ribeye fucking 17-ounce steaks or anything. But uh, I was making one, right, in my kitchen. My girlfriend was gone to work. And I was in the kitchen. In this horrible flat. I mean, just more manky than you're even imagining. It was like my man's dungeon in the silence of the lambs. All right, that's how fucking grim it was. And um, I was making a steak and it was going on the skillet. And I remember I turned around, right? And I don't know what came over me. A, a sensation f- came upon my body. And this is the God on it. I swear to God, this is, I'm telling you, I tell you no lies. Came on my body, right? And the steak was going And all of a sudden, that kind of just faded away. There was no... You know what I mean? It was like something just came over me. And it felt like pure love. It was like pure love. And I felt in my head, I said, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. But then it went away about a second later. And I was asking someone about it. They said it was probably, because of those old flats, it was probably mild carbon monoxide poisoning. That's probably what it was. <laughs> so if you think you found Jesus, if you think you've become religious, if you think the Lord has descended on you, if you hear him calling in the night, like in the song, check your fucking carbon monoxide, the batteries in your carbon monoxide alarm. And I 100% guarantee you, you need to get them changed. And get your family out of there. I wonder how many people have turned to the Lord over the last 200 years. It's actually been carbon monoxide poisoning. I would say it's a high percentage. Um, Speaking of the Catholic Church, did you see Pope Papa Francis himself? Papa Frank came out and said, I suppose you did see it, it was all over the place. Parents uh, shouldn't be selfish and have pe- he, said, oh, he said having pets instead of kids was selfish. That people shouldn't have chil- uh, pets; they should have children. No, <laughs> the hacky thing to say, which I will not do, the hacky joke to make would be to say that he only wants more children because he's the head of a large um, organization that has been known to molest children that would be the hacky joke to make I wouldn't make that joke I wouldn't say that Pope Francis is saying this just so 
that more children are around for him and his organization to have access to. I wouldn't make that joke. I wouldn't make the joke that St. Francis, Pope Francis, whatever his name is, wants more children around so that him and the cardinals and the bishops and all the boys have more children in the future. Uh, like a pyramid scheme of children kind of thing. I wouldn't be the one to make that joke. But um, isn't it, you know, he's got papal fallibility, infallibility. So he says stuff and then that's like the dogma of the church. If I had that power, imagine that power. Wouldn't that be unreal if what you said was the word of God? I'd be saying, if I was the Pope, man, I'd be saying all sorts of mental shit. You cannot wear hats on Tuesday afternoons between the hours of 2 and 5 p.m. (laughs) I have proclaimed it. Thou shalt wear green socks on Mondays. I have proclaimed it. I have proclaimed Star Wars films are shit. (laughs) I'd be driving people up the walls. I now proclaim you must come to mass in your girlfriend's underwear. Oh, by the way, speaking of underwear, I was talking about this on my Patreon the last day, right? I'm, 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 all my life, I have been a cheap underwear man. All right. I go into pennies, get the cheapest underwear I can find. And it's come to the point now, my balls are hanging so low that that something has to be done. You know what I mean? They're nearly hitting my ankles here. So I have been um, thinking, and I made the decision recently not to scrimp no more on my boxer shorts and my underpants. And I'm thinking of going to purchase some expensive boxer shorts I'm talking Calvin fucking Klein's 50 euro uh, underpants now 50 euro underpants to me that's outrageous in my head I'm 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 I'm, I can't even imagine myself paying that much for a single pair of underwear all right but I'm thinking I'm coming into the twilight of my years I'm nearly fucking dead I'm gonna be dead in 40 years all right (laughs) and I don't want to live those 40 years with no fucking, with shitty underpants. I've already lived 40 years with bad underwear. So uh, a few fellas have gotten in touch with me and they have said to me, listen, Shane, I made that decision myself. I now only buy top class underpants. Silk. I'm talking silk fucking velour shit. And it, it changed their lives. So that's what I'm going to do. The only problem is, 60 euro for a pair of underwear or whatever, right? There's fucking seven days in a week. What is that what you're supposed to do? Spend do these fuckers that's buy all this and they're spending 300 how much is seven by far? 420 euro a fucking an underpants. I mean that that's something I'll have to work up to, you know. I'm gonna start and get in on the fucking ground floor beginners. I'll have one good underpants one day a week. Uh, and then next year I'll have two good underpants and I'll build it up. In seven years I'll have seven good underpants, all right? But um, if I was the Pope, man, thou shalt listen to Shane's brilliant podcast. I have broken <laughs> the new commandment. Um, but anyway, how are you? How are you getting on? I hope your head's all right. 
Uh, I'm not in, like when I say I'm in a funk, I'm not in the worst one I've ever been in or anything. You know, I'll be fine. Just eating some biscuits and shit. <laughs> and like watching terrible TV. <laughs> Do you know what I was watching with uh, Kira? Fucking. What's it called? Uh, so Sex in the City, but it's not called that no more, is it? It's and just like that or something, right? And. We were watching the first episode, right? And this is a big spoiler alert. Okay, you've probably all heard it by now, but spoiler alert. Turn it off now if you're going to watch it and you haven't seen it yet, right? I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. Okay, so the spoiler alert's given. All right, Mr. Big, who is like one of the main characters, he's been in it for fucking 20 years, right? He dies in it. He has a heart attack. His heart attacks him. All right. Heart goes, fuck you, you prick. Kills him stone dead. And he has the heart attack when he's on an exercise bike. And the brand of exercise bike is called the Peloton. Okay. So that's what happens on the show. He's on this Peloton bike. Has a heart attack. Falls to his death and dies. Okay. Um, And then it subsequently turned out the actor was is after being accused of all sorts of uh, terrible things to women, abuse and shit. So, but I'm just talking about the guy in the show now, right? Mr. Big. He dies, heart attack, Peloton. And then, before they dropped him because of the abuse stuff, he becomes Peloton, and this is in real life, he becomes Peloton spokesman. You know what I mean? He died on a fucking thing. And now you have him advertising them. Does that make sense to you? It'd be like if um, Kirk Cobain started advertising double barrel shotguns. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would make as much sense as that. I couldn't believe it. They have him in ads. Or they had him in ads. Oh yeah, here, here he is. The fella that died on our bike. On the show. It would be like if Kurt Cobain, be like if Buddy Holly was advertising fucking planes. It'd be like if Elvis Presley was advertising prescription pills and burgers. It doesn't make sense. Elvis, man, he was some man for the burgers, I'll tell you that. He loved an old burger. I read that on his 19th birthday, he ate 19 quarter pounders, all right? That's not normal, Elvis, man. Okay? Listen, I'm not one here to fucking shame your eating habits. I'm I'm fucking... Listen, I was just... I talked about 20... For about 27 minutes there about toffee pops. But I'm just saying, Elvis, between me and you, man. 19... Do you think some of his friends would have said 19 burgers, Elvis? (laughs) I mean, come on, man. Because they must have been there for hours. Come on, Elvis, man. You're only on burger number 12. We have to go home. We've been here for four hours. Oh, shut up, man. Elvis was the man for fucking burgers by and uh, prescription pills. He loved the prescription pills as well. God bless him. You all know the story about him going to see President Richard Nixon. So if you don't know, Elvis was a bit... He, he, was a bit, he went a bit mad on the drugs. <laughs> and he... But he wasn't... See, he was a bit fucked up. He was an addict, all right? So, and he was one of those addicts 
sometimes when you're an addict, you start telling yourself lies to justify it. You know, like on a small scale, I remember when I was giving up fags, giving up the cigarettes and I realized when I was giving them up, I gave them up cold turkey, right? My brain was trying to trick me into uh, smoking. I don't know if you if you've given up fags cold turkey or whatever, you know what it's like. Your brain starts going, "Hey man." I was actually talking to myself in my head going, "Hey man, just have one, like it's fine. Just you won't tell no one, right? Between me and you. Just go and have one. Go on, man. Just sneak out the back. Just just a puff. It's grand." It was actually my brain was literally speaking to me like that, the nicot the part of my brain that wanted nicotine. So you start telling yourself things to justify it. And Elvis was like, oh, hell, man, I ain't no drug addict. <laughs> I got all this stuff from the doctor. Meanwhile, the doctor is like, going, yes, Elvis, take whatever you want. Doctor's scared and shit in his pants because if you don't give it the stuff to Elvis, you don't get paid the money he gives you, the fucking 17 grand a month or whatever you were getting. You know what I mean? So Elvis had this thing then against, because um, he got all fucked up. He had this thing against... Uh, Bob Dylan and the Beatles about them ruining the youth and bringing drugs into America and so he wanted to get rid of them and he went to see President Richard Nixon now it wasn't a fucking scheduled visit Elvis was out of his mind he just showed up he was like oh hell man let's get on a plane and fly to Washington D.C. and he flew to Washington, D.C., a private jet, middle of the night, arrived there in the morning with fucking guns in his pocket. All right, because Elvis loved guns, too. He used to shoot televisions if he didn't like the movie. If he didn't like the film that was on, he'd shoot the television. Elvis, man. (laughs) They have remote controls. You keep forgetting. El- that's what that's what Priscilla was saying. Elvis, can you fucking stop shooting the television? The remote control's over there. Um. Oh hell, I keep forgetting, man. But he showed up at the gates of the White House, and I think what year was this? Nineteen sixty? No, maybe seventy. It was before Watergate, anyway. And um, Nixon was the president. Now he showed up at the gates. Going, hey, my name is uh, Elvis Presley. I want to speak to uh, Dick Nixon. All right. Well, you probably didn't call him that. Call him president. And they were like, what the fuck? You know, the people at the gates, they were like, what the fucking hell? That's Elvis. And they rang up Richard Nixon and they said, Elvis is here. And he was like, oh, what do we do? And they were like, listen, this could be great for you, uh, Mr. Nixon, because he was uh, seen as an old square among the youth so if you got Elvis in got a few pictures with him it would look pretty cool anyway make a long story short Elvis came in met him got there's the famous pictures Elvis is out of his head see his eyes he's like fucking you know saucer eyes eyed and uh, Nixon is shaking his hand and he asked he was telling uh, Nixon in the Oval Office oh hell we gotta get these Beatles and these Rolling Stones and uh, all this shit out of America they're bringing drugs in and he said you know what you should give me you should make me an honorary member of the drug task force alright so Nixon was like "Eh, whatever man I don't give a shit made him an honorary member of the drugs task force Elvis Presley 
One of the biggest prescription drug abusers in the history of fucking rock and roll. The only reason Elvis wanted that was so he could get a badge. And the badge would allow him to carry concealed weapons. And he got it. I mean, you have to say that is pretty legendary behavior. Or like, I might just show up outside the doll and go, hey, can I speak to, can I speak to Hall Martin there, please? Yeah, I want to become uh, the fucking task force for fucking biscuits, man. There. Well, give me a badge. Well, give me a biscuit badge. But um, it's sad that Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll himself, uh, was died on the, on the shitter, isn't it? Sorry to bring it full circle back to the shitter, but I mean, this guy was the king. He changed the world, basically. We kind of forget now we're 50, 60 years later. But he was so big in Ireland, man, Elvis was, because there was nothing else to fucking do. Only watch Elvis films, because he had about 700 films out. And they were all shit, but that was the only time you could see music in Ireland that wasn't show bands. So he, I remember, he, like, my our parents' generation would have been big Elvis fans. And I remember growing up, like, my family were always into music, so there was always Elvis around, it was everywhere. And the fucker died taking a shit. <laughs> like, that is the saddest way to go if you're a rock and roll legend. Taking a shit. But I suppose he can get away with it because he's Elvis. You know what I mean? Like shooting the televisions. Because he didn't like what was on. If I did... (laughs) If I did that... If Gear was watching Sex in the City and I shoot the fucking TV... I'd be dead. She'd kill me. She'd say, who the... What the fuck are you doing? I'd say, hey, Elvis did it. She'd say, get out of the house. Get out of the house. (laughs) And you're not... You're not allowed to live here anymore. That's what would happen to me because I'm not Elvis Presley. And the thing is, Elvis had another 50 TVs. (laughs) I'd have to save up for another month or two to buy a TV, TV, you know what I mean? So it'd be pointless. Plus, we don't have weapons. I'd have to smash it with a Hurley. (laughs) I don't like this. Get my Hurley. Um, What the fuck am I talking about? I don't even know what I'm talking about. A couple of people asked me about Michael the Cat. I can't remember if I talked about that on here or on the Patreon, but just a small recap. Michael the Cat, he's a a sort of neighborhood cat. He goes into all the houses. He's been around years before I was moved in here. Um, Hi, George. Uh, And uh, he's been unwell. He's been shitting all over the fucking place, man. I'm talking the worst shits you've ever seen in your life. It's sort of like a sort of... I can't even describe it. It's like meatless chicken tikka masala. You know what I mean? Just the sauce and just all over the place. It's walking down the street. It's honestly, it's like a fucking uh, obstacle course. Uh, me and Kira have to walk down together, go, hey, watch it there. There's some Michael shit. Oh, watch it, Michael shit. <laughs> so, and he was looking a bit bad. His fur was all bad. He's an old cat, I think, old enough. But anyway, we kind of got together and people brought him to the vet and um, the vet said he probably has cancer. So he's on steroids. But the, I think that was a few weeks ago I told you about that. And uh, But the good news is he seems to be doing a lot better. He's, you see, he looks all right anyway. You know what I mean? There's still fucking giant shits all over the place. But he, uh, 
He's kind of more sprightly. You know what I mean? And that's always good to know. Because you hate seeing a fucking poor cat, you know, in in distress. I do anyway. Me and Kira were watching this thing earlier on about a pet, a little pig. A little fucking pig man called Marley. And we were watching it going, we can't. And I haven't eaten pork in seven years because I can't. Because pigs are cute. And I haven't eaten cows or lamb. I eat chickens. <laughs> Because I, I know, and I feel bad about it. I, sh- I, I have a, a struggle with that, you know, that I eat chickens. Because I'd be vegetarian. I would. If I wasn't such a fucking lazy bastard. The only reason I'm eating chicken is because I'm a lazy bastard. But cooking fucking, just sticking fucking chicken nuggets in the oven and I'm done. And but if I'm a vegetarian, I have to cook lentils and stuff, and I like it. But it just it it takes half an hour to do. Whereas sticking a fucking chicken nuggets in the oven, you just lie on the fucking couch, faced in, and wait for <laughs> and wait for them to be done. You know what I mean? And then you get up and eat them. Like I was vegetarian for a while there, like fully vegetarian. And I started off cooking lentil dals, man. The most beautiful lentil dals. I was cooking with tahini paste. I was cooking stuff with mung beans. I was... I was fucking... I was the best vegetarian in town. I was walking around, man. People were going, hey, you're that vegetarian, aren't you? I was like, yeah, you should see my mung bean salad. But then, fast forward to two years later, and all I'm doing is putting fucking good fellas... Pizza in the oven. Goodfellas cheese pizzas. Because I'm after getting so lazy. And then you start feeling sick. Because <laughs> you can't subsist. A Goodfellas pizzas. I've tried it lads. I went through a mall. Goodfellas. Dr. Oatker. Uh, <coughs> I'll tell you this. Cunting Dr. Oatker man. You know Dr. Oatker? The German pizza maker. Like, it's supposed to be an authentic Italian pizza made by a fucking fella called Dr. Oetker. <laughs> In the most German name going. It'd be like having an authentic Irish stew made by some fella called Sir Henry Higginbottom. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. But Dr. Oetker's uh, son, grandson, listen to this, man, who ran the company for 40 years. So a big dick in the Oetker company, Dr. Oker's grandson, during the 1930s and 40s, Rudolf Oker, who was the leader of the company, was an active member of the Waffen-SS of the Third Reich. Oker provided pudding mixes and munitions to German troops. It is also reported that the business used slave labor in some of his facilities. What? A, bon- a bronze bust of Richard Kalowski, a prominent German entrepreneur and member of the Nazi party, still sits within the company headquarters of Oker Pizzas. What? Are you fucking... Are you fucking serious? I'm just looking at this on Wikipedia. There, and I knew it, man, because every time I ate a Dr. Oker pizza, I got an awful large to fucking annex Austria. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Every time I ate one of their mushroom pizzas, I got an awful urge to just fucking conquer Czechoslovakia. 
the Sudetenland for living space in Liebstraum for living space in the east. I don't know. It was just an urge that came <laughs> within me. But that's shocking, man. Next, so what's next? I'll find out Charles Manson made Dalmio. <laughs> or I'll find out that uh, Stalin invented, um, I don't fucking know, Doritos. Uh, so that's it I'm never eating Dr. Oker again as long as I fucking live no I probably will let's let's face it (laughs) Um, what am I fucking talking about man so anyway the whole point of it was I haven't been feeling good so I'm gonna have to start fucking doing stuff again and going out and walking and doing all that shit that I hate (laughs) Going out looking at fucking dogs and going to the gym. I went to the gym once. I mean, pathetic. What a pathetic man I am. I went to the gym once. And I'm still paying every month for it. So I'm going to have to go back to that. Fucking stop eating biscuits. Start eating broccoli. Oh, man. All that horrible stuff that I hate to do. Wouldn't it be brilliant if I could just go into bed for the next month. And eating biscuits and fucking drinking coke, you know, <laughs> that would be just good, wouldn't it? I mean, I mean, it would be awful, but that's just what I want to do. That's what I want to do. I'd love to, but I'm not going to. I'm going to fucking start doing, getting up early and doing my morning pages. If you heard of this stuff, you sit down for, uh, three fool's cap pages and you just write out basically stream of consciousness so you you don't you just write anything and you have to do it every morning and uh, it's supposed to be the first thing you do when you wake up and I I do it sometimes and I fall out of it and then I go back doing it again it's actually very helpful in that it just gets you like if you're doing without sounding like a wank creative stuff it helps you just start to open up the gauze Am I talking shit here, Joe? Because sometimes when you're sitting down to write or something or make something, you're you're blank because you don't know, you don't have a fuck all to write. And you end up talking, (laughs) you end up talking about fucking toffee pops for 40 minutes. So uh, this kind of, if you do this every day, what the idea is that it makes it easier for you to just, to just start. And I, I do find it helpful, but then I fall out. I'm so lazy, man. I do. I was doing mindfulness. That helped me. This is years ago. Stop doing it. Vegetarianism, laziness, stop doing it. Morning pages was helping me stop doing it. So it's the laziness that I have to get over. Um, but it also, this time of the year, with this fucking COVID shit that's going on still... And it's just an annoyance now, the COVID stuff and the anti-vaxxers and the fucking hell. Come on. And you're allowed, I think, to go, this is shit. Watch shit, Shane. And you just point at everything. <laughs> you just stand and turn around in a circle with your finger out. Everything is shit right now. Um. So, you know, I think you can get as mentally healthy as you can as possible but it's still uh, right now shit and uh, I think it's cathartic to say it you know if you feel it if you're like one of these cunts that goes oh you know I'm gonna not uh, everything's brilliant you know it's not that bad 
And then to just let yourself go, you know what? It's actually terrible. Um, and I think that helps. Once you really, once you acknowledge this, this, it's terrible. I think you can kind of work with that. Well, I can anyway. Anyway, listen, I'm going to go now. Um, this has been a more unstructured. I mean, has there ever been a structure in any of my of these podcasts? No. But this one has been more unstructured than most, I would imagine. I can't remember what I talked about. Elvis fucking eating Dr. Oker pizzas in Nazi Germany or something like that. But um, I hope you got some enjoyment out of it. And uh, I enjoy talking shit. So if I enjoy it and a couple of you enjoy it, then what's the arm, you know? What's the fucking arm, mate? All right. Um, God bless you all. I love you. And I love talking here with you. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Or if you're on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash his brilliant podcast. It is. I'll talk to you the weekend. All the best. Stay dog wide. Head out there, man. Get a few gats in you. Stay away from the Dr. Rocker. You know what I mean? And... uh you know, now that I think about it, I always see a lot of skinheads buying Dr. Oker. <laughs> In Hugo Boss buying Dr. Oker pizza. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Please, God, or the weekend, whichever you take your fancy. Please, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Cheers, nice one. Thanks. And hobnob. Hobnob. <laughs>